if you will, turn in your Bibles to the 65th chapter, the book of uh, Isaiah. We uh, come to the last two chapters, the final two chapters in this extraordinary book. And, and you will remember last time how God was assuring salvation to the Jews, assuring them that he had not cut them off, assuring them that Zion has a special place in his heart and, and that the Messiah is going to rule and reign out of Zion, out of Jerusalem. And, and you remember after there was that assurance of their salvation that, that we saw the, the prayer that began in the halfway through chapter 63 and then concluded there in chapter 64 and, and it was just a, a prayer of repentance and and so how how precious are our prayers of repentance when God convicts us and shows us of things that need to change in our life and and rather than fighting against God and resisting the work of the Spirit, there is a, a willingness to acknowledge our shortcomings and to repent, to confess our sin and, and to turn away from it and to allow God access to continue to mold us and shape us into the image and likeness of in Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches us that we are to go from glory to glory, that, that we were saved and that we were born again, and that, that initiated the, the transformation. We, we had the Holy Spirit implanted within us, and we became a new creation, but now that new creation needs to grow and needs to mature and continue to, uh, to develop. And, and so we always want to continue to allow the work of the Holy Spirit of sculpting us and changing us. We never want to get to that place in our life where we become stagnant, where we're content to just camp where we are. We always want to continue to chase after God's heart to continue to pursue him. And so confession and repentance and an acknowledgement of the areas in our life that that we don't completely look like Jesus uh, yet and and to bring those before the Lord and and to ask for forgiveness and healing and and continued growth. As we come now to this 65th chapter, we are going to see uh, uh, the, the glorious picture of the millennial reign again when this earth is going to be ruled in righteousness. And, and so a glorious chapter. And then finally, the last chapter, chapter 66, we see that once again the the, the blessing upon those who will follow after God. And, and we see that there is the free will that God invites us to follow him. And those that follow him will be blessed. And those who choose to not follow him, we see that, that their lives are going to be miserable. The purpose of your life was to be connected to God and to share the love of God, not only on this earth, but also eternally. 
and to miss the love of God here upon this uh, earth, we see that that is not going to bring fulfillment. It is going to bring judgment. And then ultimately, after we end our days here upon the face of the earth, then, then we will experience the, the final judgment of God upon our lives. And, and so once again, the full disclosure of God that he declares the blessing blessings uh, for obedience and we see that he warns of the consequences of disobedience and he puts the ball into our court he puts the ball into our court and so we want to continue to trust the Lord we want to continue to be obedient to the Lord and to allow the Holy Spirit to convict us of sin and lead us and guide us uh, into righteousness. We begin here, Isaiah chapter 65, verse 1. I was sought by those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am, here I am to a nation that was not called by my name. Here we see that the, the Lord is talking about the Gentiles, that he is going to manifest, the gospel is going to go out to the Gentiles. The Gentiles weren't seeking him, but Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And, uh, and so here we see that God is going to, to bring his witness upon the face of the earth through the church. And so this is a reference now to the church. He says in verse 2, I have stretched out my hands all day long to a rebellious people, who walk in a way that is not good according to their own thoughts. So I stretched out my hands all day to a rebellious people. He's talking about the, the, the nation of Israel. They were rebellious uh, against him. And so God is going to seek after those who were not looking for him. And, and you will remember in Romans chapter 10 where where we see that that this issue is really taken up in chapter 10 verse 19 it says but i say did israel not know first moses says i will provoke you to jealousy by those who are not a nation and i will move you to anger by a foolish nation but isaiah is very bold and says was i found by those who did not seek me and I was made manifest to those who did not ask for me. But to Israel, he says, all day long I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. And so remember the nation of Israel is still in the land. They've had the threat of Assyria. Babylon has not come and taken them into captivity. They are going to go into captivity for their 70 years. But then God is going to return them back to the land. He is going to give them their consequences because they have been rebellious and they have been contrary to God. God established his statutes. God is the one that defines morality. He is the one that tells us what is right and what is wrong, what is moral and what is immoral. And he set those boundaries for us to walk in. They were told to love God, follow God, and not to follow the false gods and the idols of the pagans and the Canaanites and the land uh, that they had inherited. But what had they done? 
they had gone after these false gods. They, they were continuing to worship God, but they were adding in all of this false worship. So they were not being faithful to God. And so they are rebellious against uh, his love and against uh, his grace. In verse 3, a people who provoke me to anger continually to my face who sacrifice in gardens and burn incense on altars of bricks, who sit among the graves and spend the night in the tombs, who eat swine's flesh and the broth of abominable things uh, is in their vessels, who say, keep to yourself and do not come near me, for I am holier than you. These are smoke in my nostrils, a fire that burns uh, all the day. So we see here that the charge that God has against the nation, he says, is, is that you provoke me to anger. He says continually, it's not once in a while, these are continuous actions. And to my face, you're not even hiding it. You are now just merely putting your sin right in my face. And, and what is the sin? Well, they were worshiping in pagan gardens, he talks about. They were involved in necromancy, which is the consulting of the dead and disregarding the dietary laws. They're eating swine's flesh and and now they, they are religiously arrogant. I am holier than you. And, and God says that you are like smoke in my nose. The irritation of when smoke gets into a person's nose and it makes your eyes water. This now is, is the, the assessment of the nation before God. Behold, it is written, verse 6, before me. I will not keep silence, but will repay, even repay into their bosom. Your iniquities and the iniquities of your fathers together, says the Lord, who have burned incense on the mountains and blasphemed me on the hills, and therefore I will measure their former work into their bosom. So here we see the consequences of their sin had to be faced, and, and God now would judge them for their idolatrous worship. Thus says the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster, and one says, do not destroy it, for a blessing is in it, so will I do for my servants' sake, that I might not destroy them all. So here we see that God is talking about a remnant. There is going to be a faithful remnant that God is going to work through. He's going to bring judgment on the nation, but he is going to work through a remnant. He says in verse 9, I will bring forth descendants from Jacob and from Judah, an heir of my mountains, and my elect shall inherit it, and my servants shall dwell there. Sharon shall be a fold of the flocks, and the valley of Achor, a place for herds to lie down for my people who have sought me. And so here we see this remnant is the faithful remnant that did seek him. And so verse 11 but you are those who forsake the Lord, who forget my holy mountain, who prepare a table for Gad, who furnish a drink offering for many. Therefore, I will number you for the sword, and you shall all bow down to the slaughter, because when I called, you did not answer. And when I spoke, you did not hear, but did evil before my eyes and chose uh, 
that in which I do not delight. So here are food and drink offerings going to false gods. And, and he says, I have this against you. When I called, you did not answer. God is constantly pursuing us. God is pursuing you and God is pursuing me. And he is seeking to draw us ever nearer. But he doesn't shout. He doesn't yell. He calls to you. He invites to you. The Bible says to be still and know that I am God. There is that willingness to be attentive to God. But here God called and they refused to, to answer. And when he spoke, they did not hear. It says they did evil before his eyes and chose uh, that in which I do not delight. There is the free will. God has set before us those things that he says, do not participate in these things. There are things in which the world are pursuing around us, that the world is saying that it's moral and it's right and it's okay and invites you into it. And God says, no, no. And then we use our free will to choose whether we're going to listen to the world or whether we are going to listen to God. Here, God's people were now listening to the world and they had stopped listening to God. We need to be careful to never allow the world to come into the church. The church is supposed to go into the world, but the world is not supposed to come into the church. And so the, the, the battle for purity of the church. And here we see that they did evil before his eyes and they chose uh, that in which I do not delight. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, my servants shall eat, but you shall be hungry. Behold, my servants shall drink, but you shall be thirsty. Behold, my servants shall rejoice, but you shall be ashamed. And so here we see the contrast between God's people and those people that, that have departed from him. Behold, verse 14, my servants shall sing for joy of heart. But you shall cry for sorrow of heart and wail for grief of spirit. You shall leave your name as a curse to my chosen, for the Lord God will slay you and call his servants by another name, so that he who blesses himself in the earth shall bless himself in the God of truth. And he who swears in the earth shall swear by the God of truth. Because the former troubles are forgotten and because they are hidden from my eyes. And so here we see that it says that he is going to call his servants in verse 15. He's going to call his servants by another name. And that's exactly what has happened. Today, God's people, God's servants are now given the name Christian. We are Christians. And so we are now God's people that are serving him. For behold, I create, verse 17, new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I will create Jerusalem as a rejoicing and her people a joy, 
And I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. The voice of weeping shall no longer be heard in here, nor the voice of crying. And so the former things are not going to be remembered. But it is interesting here, while God is going to pick new servants on the face of the earth, that's going to be Christians, he still is going to be worshipped in Zion. It still is going to be from Jerusalem. And so we see that we are called to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the holy city. And, and here it says that now in the kingdom age, Jesus is going to return to the earth and, and God is going to restore the earth. And, and we will rejoice in Jerusalem. Jesus Christ is going to establish his throne there in Jerusalem. Verse 20, No more shall an infant from there live but a few days, nor an old man who has not fulfilled his days. For the child shall die 100 years old, but the sinner, being a hundred years old, shall be accursed. So here we see that uh, in the millennial reign, we are going to see longevity of life return back. You'll remember before the flood, in the days of Noah and before, how long they lived back then. Here it says that, uh, that a child that dies in the millennium will be a hundred years old. And they'll say, oh, he was, you know, how old was the child that died? And it'll be the, the child was only a hundred years old. And, and so a hundred years old will, will sound like a child uh, that they really never got a chance to fully experience uh, uh, life. And, and here it says, but the sinner being a hundred years old shall be accursed. Now, well, what does it mean by that? Well, long life is not a blessing if you're accursed. If you are miserable and your life is not working and you, you, you are looking to, to relief, have relief from the, from the consequences of your sin and the consequences of your life. And, and so long life is a blessing if your life is blessed of the Lord. And so... Here we see that uh, once again, it goes on verse 21. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. And they shall not build and another inhabit. And they shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree, so shall be the days of my people. And my elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain nor bring forth children for trouble for they shall be the descendants of the blessed of the lord and their offspring with them and so the beautiful promise uh, of the millennial reign verse 24 it shall come to pass that therefore they call and i will answer and while they are still speaking i will hear we see the intimacy of god his availability to us in the millennial reign when when peace is established here upon the earth and, and our communication with God is no longer going to be inhibited and impacted. It says the wolf and the lamb shall feed together and the lion shall eat straw like the ox and dust shall be the serpent's food and they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. 
beautiful picture now of, of even nature being at peace and and no longer the sin nature being experienced in nature around us but a glorious picture now of the millennial reign of Christ chapter 66 verse 1 thus says the Lord heaven is my throne the earth is my footstool and where is the house that you will build me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those things my hand has made, and all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one will I look, of him who is poor, and of a contrite spirit, and who trembles at my word. Now, here we see this, this picture of God, this anthropomorphic picture here of God sitting on a throne there in heaven. His feet are on the earth and the earth is his footstool. And, uh, and so here we just see this, this glorious picture of the, the magnanimous nature of uh, God. And, and he says... But on this one, he says, I will look on the person who is poor and of a contrite spirit. Our great and glorious God here who is pictured as, as one who sits on his throne in heaven, who uses the earth as his footstool, he is so mighty and powerful, and yet he will incline his ear to who? And it says, to the one who is poor and of a contrite spirit. What does that mean? It means a person who is humble a person who does not think more of himself than than he ought to humility comes by comparing ourselves to jesus christ pride comes when we compare ourselves to others we can always find someone who looks worse than us and thus we are always able to say well at least i'm not like that person and and i'm better than other people and and that gives us that sense of of pride an inflated view of ourselves because we're comparing and contrasting a sinner with other sinners and so there's big sinners and little sinners and and sinners of all shapes and sizes and colors and persuasions and and yet they all are out of the same group which is sinners all of us have fallen short of the glory of the perfection of God. And so when we measure ourselves against other sinners, we can look pretty good. But when we measure ourselves against the standard that God set, then we don't look so good. And the standard that God set is Jesus Christ. So Jesus came born developed grew up as a man and walked and was perfect and sinless in every way and so when we compare our life to him when we see his loving nature his kindness his long suffering when we see the fruit of the spirit magnified and exemplified in his life and i compare myself to that ha huh. That's a poor and contrite spirit. Now, I don't measure up. You remember John the Baptist said that there's one coming after me whose sandal I'm not worthy of even unlatching it. Remember that a, 
servant, the lowest servant in the house would wash the feet of the guests. He's saying that, <laughs> that I am not even worthy to function as the lowest servant in the house to even touch his sandals. That's how, how far above me he is. He says that I baptize with water, but he's going to baptize with fire and with the Holy Spirit and and a winnowing fan is, is in his hand. Jesus would say of John the Baptist, of all those that have ever been born of woman, that he is the greatest. And John the Baptist said that, that Jesus is so much greater than I that I'm not even worthy to undo his sin. That's a, that's a contrite spirit. That's a recognition that there, there is no part in my life that is perfected. There is no attribute in my life that has been perfected. I may be accomplished, this may be my strong area, but even my strengths, even my very best features fall short when I compare them to the standard and the model of perfection. And it says that, that when we have a recognition and an understanding that we're a sinner saved by grace and that we approach God, on the merit of his goodness, not on the merit of our goodness. And when we come in that fashion, it says here that, that this is the one that he will look upon. He contrasts it now in verse 3. He who kills a bull as if he slays a man. He who sacrifices a lamb as if he breaks a dog's neck. In other words, they're doing the actions, but they're doing them without any relational meaning to God. If you come to offer a, a bull to God, but you're, you're, you're killing the bull just as if you are killing a man, if you bring a lamb to God, but, uh, but you break a dog's neck, you're, you're killing the lamb the same way that you would a dog. He who offers a grain offering as if he offers swine's blood. He who burns incense as if he blesses an idol. Just as they have chosen their own ways and their soul delights in their abominations, so will I choose their delusions. And bring their fears uh, on them, because when I called, no one answered. And when I spoke, they did not hear. But they did evil before my eyes and chose that in which I do not delight. And so once again, the judgment of God is a righteous judgment. They deserve the judgment that has come upon them. They are not innocent but they are guilty. And so the judgment is not an injustice. It's not a judgment on the, uh, on the just, but it is a judgment upon the unjust. And hear the word of the Lord, you who tremble at his word. So all those who fear God and tremble at the word of God, he says, hear my words. Your brethren who hated you, who cast you out for my name's sake, said, let the Lord be glorified that we may see your joy, but they shall be ashamed. And the sound of noise from the city, a voice from the temple, the voice of the Lord who fully repays his enemies. In this world, you will suffer tribulation. You will go through trials, but blessed are you when you suffer for the Lord's sake. Uh, 
For you will be vindicated and God will fight your battles against your enemies. Before she was in labor, she gave birth. Before her pain came, she delivered a male child. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children. And shall I bring to the time of birth and not cause delivery, says the Lord, Shall I who caused delivery shut up the womb and says your God? And so here we talk about the fact that God is saying that he is going to rebirth the nation in a single day. In a single day. And we saw that. We saw God do that. On May 10th, 1948 is the day that God rebirthed the nation of Israel in a single day. They were not a nation before then, and then on that day, they were sanctioned and given status as a nation allowed to return. And God has been regathering his people back to the nation of Israel. And Israel has a future, and the promises that God has given unto them are sure and steadfast. Jesus Christ is going to return. He is going to return to the Mount of Olives. He is going to rule and reign in righteousness. Jerusalem is going to be his capital city throughout the entire world. And it says here in verse 10, Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad with her, all you who love her. Rejoice for joy with her, all you who mourn for her that you may feed and be satisfied with the consolation of her bosom, that you may drink deeply and be delighted with the abundance of her glory. Jerusalem is going to shine throughout the nations of the world. For thus says the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river, and the glory of the Gentiles like a flowing stream the gentile nations are going to stream in and see the glory of jerusalem and the glory of jerusalem is jesus christ and so <clears throat> here we see the the glorious future and then you shall feed on her sides uh, shall you be carried and be dandled on her knees as one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you, and you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. So, glorious promises. Now, remember, when they're taken into captivity, and they go into Babylon, Jerusalem is destroyed. Their nation is destroyed. The temple is burned, and, and we see that, that the entire nation has just been ravaged uh, here. But, we see the promise that he gives that she is going to be rebuilt and she is going to be glorified. When you see this, your heart shall rejoice and your bones shall flourish like grass. The hand of the Lord shall be known to his servants and his indignation to his enemies. For behold, the Lord will come with fire. And with his chariots like a whirlwind to render his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. For by fire and by his sword, the Lord will judge all flesh 
and the slain of the Lord shall be many. And so we're seeing here, this is a reference to the great tribulation that when the Lord returns, uh, that the, we are going to see the day of the Lord and, and the great tribulation upon the face of the earth. He is going to return at the end of the tribulation, the battle of Armageddon. And so here we see that the slain of the Lord, it says, will be many. Those who sanctify themselves and purify themselves to go to the gardens after an idol in the midst, eating swine's flesh and the abomination and the mouse shall be consumed together, says the Lord. So here we see that once again there are those people that are claiming with their mouth that they that they are spiritual, that they love God, and yet they are doing abominable things. For I know their works and their thoughts, verse 18, and it shall be that I will gather all nations and tongues, and, and they shall come and see my glory. So at the end of the tribulation, there is the judgment of the nations where the sheep and the goats uh, are going to be divided. The nations are going to be judged. It shall be, in verse 18, that I will gather all nations and tongues and they shall come and see my glory. And I will set a sign among them and those among them who escape I will send to the nations, to Tarshish and Pol and Lud who draw the bow and Tubal and Javan, to the coastlands afar off who have not heard of my fame nor seen my glory and they shall declare my glory among the gentiles and then they shall bring all your brethren for an offering to the lord out of the nations on horses and in chariots and litters on mules and on camels to my holy mountain jerusalem says the lord does the children of israel bring an offering and a clean vessel into the house of the lord and I will also take some of them for priests and Levites, uh, says the Lord. And so we see the worship taking place there in Jerusalem, and they will come from the four corners uh, of the earth. For as the new heavens and the new earth, which I shall make, remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your descendants and your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. And so you remember in Revelation chapter 21, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and also there will be no more sea. And so the, the recreation now of the earth. The earth is been stained by the iniquity of sin and so there will be the the purging of the corruption of this uh, earth and it will just be destroyed but a new earth is going to be created a new heaven and that will take place after the millennial reign and after the final release of satan who will have been bound for that thousand years and and then there will be the the new earth the new heaven and the new jerusalem that will descend down and they shall go forth and look upon the corpses of the men who have transgressed against me for their worm does not die and their fire is not quenched and they shall be an abhorrence to all flesh and so here we see that that there is something that is far worse than death and that is eternal death 
eternal separation from God. And, and we see that, that this book of Isaiah ends now and points to the need for the unrepentant people to turn to the Lord, the only God, the Holy One of Israel. As we close our study here, I, I want to draw us now to the communion table. What a fitting lead-in to our communion now tonight be, because we see here that, that this is that, that invitation to repent, to return to the Lord, and, and to recognize the the holiness of God, the greatness of God, the goodness of God, and ultimately the love of God. And that's exactly what communion does, is it reminds us uh, of God's great love uh, for us. You remember that Jesus, when he eats that final supper with them, he says, how, how I have longed to to eat this meal, to join together with you. He was instituting now the new covenant. And how glorious this new covenant, the age, is going to be when now we are able to have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He says, I won't leave you orphans, but, but I will send to you the, the Holy Spirit. And, and so as a new creation now, we have entered into sin that had separated us from fellowship and communion with a holy, righteous God has been removed for us. And how was that sin removed? By the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And so Jesus had longed for that meal to institute now the, uh, the glorious remembrance uh, of him, of the Lord's table of of his body and of his blood and of the sacrifice that he was about to go make to open up the entrance now into the presence of God. And so God's great love now manifested for us in Jesus Christ's laying down of his own life. No greater love is a man than this and he would lay down his life for his friend. And thus God demonstrated. We see the declaration that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life, eternal life. That was the demonstration of God's love. But Jesus' demonstration is, is that I willingly lay down my life to rescue you. You. And so... He tells us to, to do this in, in remembrance of that. What a difference it makes to know that you're loved. To know that, that you are loved. That you are being pursued and that you are loved. And that you are loved in spite of every flaw and every mistake that you have ever made in your entire life. And God still loves you. And God is still pursuing you. And Jesus Christ gave the demonstration of that reality. And he told us, remember it. Remember, you are not alone. And you are not unloved. <laughs> you are loved.
and I will be with you always. And so to remind ourselves of how rich we are in Christ, these are the communion elements, these are the remembrances that we are to, to meditate on. So let's just hold our elements right now and let's just remember and let's just worship and let's just let go of any sin. Let's confess any sin that needs to be confessed. If there's any unconfessed sin that's in your life. And, and this is a time for you to just pour your heart out to the one that, that loves you so much that he laid down his life for you. The nails in your hands, the nail in your feet, they tell me how much you love me. The thorns on your brow, they tell me how you bore so much shame to love me. And when the heavens pass away All your scars still remain And forever they will say Just how much you love me So I want to say Forever my love, forever my heart, forever my life is yours. Forever my love, forever my heart, forever my life is yours. And when the heavens pass away All your scars still remain And forever they will say Just how much you love me So I want to say Forever my love, forever my heart, forever my life is yours. Forever my love, forever my heart, forever my life is yours. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Let's partake of the body of Christ.
And then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Let's partake of the cup. And let's pray. Father, words can't begin to express our thanksgiving for the gift that you have given to us. The gift is indescribable, eternal life, forgiveness of sins, to be connected in intimate fellowship with you for all eternity. Words fail when we see the enormity of the sacrifice, Jesus, that, that you were willing to lay down your life, that your body was broken and bruised uh, for us, that your heart was broken and bruised for us. You were betrayed. You were abandoned. Your body broken. Lord, you experienced pain, both physical and emotional. And yet you continued to love. You continued to set the example that no matter how excruciating the pain was of your broken heart and, and your abandonment, no matter how excruciating the pain of, of the cross and crucifixion and death, you continued to love. And you set that example for us. Help us to know how deeply we are loved and, and help us now to follow your example that physical pain wouldn't keep us from loving others and that emotional pain wouldn't keep us from loving others, but that we would continue to love. The power of your Holy Spirit indwelling in us, enabling us and giving us that capacity that we now would go and love our families, our friends, our brothers and sisters, that we would go and love our community and our world and that they would experience your love poured out on them through us. And Lord, may we be willing, no matter what the cost to us personally, may we bring your love to a world that so desperately needs you. And so, Father, we just thank you we lift our nation up to you and ask, God, that you would heal it, you would touch it. God, we ask that, that you would not depart from us, that you would not listen to those who want to push you away and tell you to depart from our country, that we want no part of you. We need you. And so, God, hear the cry of your people. Don't listen to those who don't know you, but listen to those who are your children. We are in desperate need of your healing touch upon our land. God, heal our land. Help us now. It's in Jesus' holy and precious name we pray. Amen and amen.